Welcome to another episode of Fill in the Blank Podcast. I'm here with first-time Fill in the Blank guest, Brooks Holloway. Thank you for having me, Robbie. You're welcome, Brooks. <laughs> well, let's talk about something. What comes to your mind when I say plant perception? Um, how we, the people, believe, or how we think of plants. Yes, well, it's actually, <laughs> that's, that's, it's it's a base, I mean, what's perception, really, like, the whole how idea? Look. Yeah, how we look at things, yeah. so how how do, can you believe that there's someone out there who's a psychic that can believe that he can understand what plants are thinking and saying? Yeah, nah, that doesn't seem... Sounds like bullcrap, right? Yeah. Well, let's find out a little bit more about this. Plant perception, or biocommunication, is the paranormal idea that plants are sentient, that they respond to humans in a manner that amounts of to ESP, and that they experience pain and fear. So this is the idea behind Sausage Party, you would think. That movie about food uh, where everybody's yeah. getting chopped. If you cut I only lettuce, went, I only got through like half of that movie before I turned it off. <laughs> if you cut lettuce, does it start? Does it have emotions? Is that lettuce screaming on another on another reality somewhere? Do you believe oh, that, okay. that there's another, or do you believe that there's just one person that can talk to plants, like the weird kid that you know hangs out sky and like wipes his booger on the walls or something? Like there's a kid out there that can talk to plants. We can talk to ghosts apparently. Why can't we talk to plants? Well, I mean, I believe in science, so unless this guy's got scientific evidence. Why can't this, uh... a cabbage leaf teach you psychics, bro? <laughs> the whole idea behind that. No. So the idea is not accepted by the scientific community. Huh, I wonder why. Yep. As, <laughs> as plants lack nervous systems, paranormal claims in regard to plant perception are considered to be pseudoscience by, uh, by many in the scientific community. The idea is distinct from measured plant perception and chemical communication. So we know about, my kind of knowledge about this is plants have a type of, um, they, they release chemicals. Um, like, like, you know, they, there some, some of them have a type of way of communicating with each other. There's actually a movie, I forgot uh, what the title of it was, but where the plants kill a bunch of people. What? It was like there was something in the wind that was causing people to commit suicide. Like the plants were basically doing... Like, it was something sci-fi though, right? No, it was like a weird like horror flick. Oh. Like all these people, like one dude just like, your, your body immediately becomes like a zombie. And then you just, I mean, it's something in the air, your body. Yeah, it was weird. And they didn't figure that out until like the ending of the movie, all these, like they thought it was a giant terrorist attack. And it turns out it was the plants that were like speaking to each other. So what you had to do is you had to tape all the doors shut and all the windows. You weren't able to like, kind of like bird box where you seal yourself off from the light. Mm -hmm. You had to seal yourself off from nature. Like if any wind got through or like a large amount of it, you're just done. It was in the air. So what happened was, like, I remember one of the distinct moments, like, it only happened to giant groups of people. Huh. Like, so if you were in a giant group, you'd be attacked. It was weird. And, like, all you see is this wind come by, and this, this one dude just stops, walks in front of a lawnmower, turns it on, lays down in front of it, and just lets it run him over. Oh, isn't... that That's Bird Box, right? No, that... Bird Box is a completely different movie where those, they had those... Well, that spirits. sounds like something in Bird, Bird Box. Bird Box is nuts. The only good part's ten minutes of it. And it's the beginning, when everyone's, like, getting... Oh, ready. yeah. But it's like that idea where everyone starts doing stuff to kill yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, But it's on the idea of wind. 
Like, okay. the whole wind, like, that, the plants are literally trying to kill you. And there are trees in South Africa. We started to notice that, like, a central nervous system or a nervous system in our brains, plants can connect, communicate through the roots. Right. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I, I believe um, because, like, with their roots, like, they can feel... Um, they can feel like the... Uh, or not feel, okay... They can, they know when they're getting close to another route and when they're like, where to go because of how like, um, compact the soil is. Yeah. So it all depends on that. So that's where my understanding of I that comes from. I started thinking this was kind of bull, like bull crap, but now I'm like thinking more into it. I'm actually starting to believe it a little bit because it's got to think if our brains are like radio waves, like right now there's radio waves all around us. You know, there's stuff like with your cell phone and stuff with the lamp and there's all these different frequencies that we're just not able to see. They're on another, like you can think of it as another perspective or another reality. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that there isn't a special person out there. Like if you can see through the veil and talk to ghosts, then maybe you can hit the same wave frequency or the same channel as a plant. It's hard to not think. I mean, you got to think plants, they evolve, you know, like a certain type of bug or certain type of animal starts eating a lot of a plant, a plant can learn to adapt to release a certain chemical that ruins their taste so the animal can get sick and get affected by it. That's known. Adaptation, yeah. So it's hard to believe that plant perception isn't normal, but it's the the fact it's the paranormal. So it's it's the idea like it could be possible, but it's just seen there's no evidence right now that would base this on that. There's you know, I could sit there and just rattle off like I just did. I'm kind of convincing you in a way. Yeah. But like, you know, I still fall in the line of, you know, we have to eat meat to survive and yeah, you can't no. feed your cat a vegan diet. I mean, yeah, I love vegans <laughs> and all, but hey. So let's talk about some of the early research. The notion that plants are capable of feeling emotions was first recorded in 1848 when Gustav Fechner, a German experimental psychologist, suggested that plants are capable of emotions and that one could promote healthy growth with talk, attention, attitude, and affection. This is seen by, um, you hear someone that talks to their plants or yells Mm -hmm. at their plants or does something, it releases carbon dioxide from your breath Mm -hmm. and plants grow bigger from that. That's a chemical linked effect. But they, right. some people kind of fall in the logic that if you talk to your plants and treat it nicely, you know, you develop a relationship and that plant will grow. I did it as a kid with tomato plant. You right. know, you named him Fern or whatever the hell his name right. was. And, and I mean, the more the long, the more of a relationship you have with your plant, you know, you're going to be more excited when it comes, you know, and grows. So you're going to notice it when it grows and how much it grows and how it looks and stuff like that. So you're going to care for it. So it's like a big cycle. Maybe you would probably be the best farmer in the world if you had plant perception. You got to think, if you can talk to your crops, be like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? I understand we're going through a drought right now, but I don't got money to spray you guys with a hose. Uh But it's like... You know, I talked to my tomato plant when I was a little kid. I had a tomato plant. I named them. And then it's like the whole idea of you're watching something you planted, you took the time to Mm -hmm. care for, and it grows into something. It's the whole idea of like having a child. You watch it literally grow in front of your eyes and you develop a bond with it. So it's not, and especially my great grandfather, that man had a talent for growing tomato plants. He had these tomatoes that were size of like a swollen prostate. Like these things were freaking the size of baseballs, man. Uh And they were so juicy, good tomatoes. Not the Uh prostate, but the tomatoes. (laughs) And um, the whole idea, like 
he took the time to care for me, went out there, trimmed the leaves, trimmed the dead parts off, mm-hmm. and you know, I end up being gone for a weekend, and my tomato plant's dead, because someone forgets to water it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's the whole idea of like, how much are you willing to put in the time, like a bonsai tree, when you trim it and grow it, that takes patience and skill, Yeah. so you gotta think, are they just on another level, or another kind of existence than us, those people are just on another, like kind of higher skill level with patients than we are and the people that can't have plants or watch plants die just forget to water them are just on a different level yeah yeah i guess on a different level i mean it has a lot to do with background and rural and urban areas. And how busy you are. And how, yeah, and and your schedule. Yeah. Like exactly. a mom with four kids is not going to have time to garden or right. do yeah. any type of peaceful stuff. That's our old people in retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the waste of water that we have. The one thing I oh, don't. Yeah. The one thing I don't like is. I'll st- you know I'll start taking shorter showers when the golf course stops getting watered every freaking twenty minutes. Yeah, no, I get that. And you work on one, so you would know. Yeah, yeah. Is that grass even real? What do you mean, is it even real? I know yeah. some grass places that are artificial turf. No. So they don't have to water their shit all the time. No, it's real. It's hard to look at all the other plants that are dying around us, and then we look at the golf course and how green it is. Like, what the hell? Yeah, but I mean, the golf course, it's a horrible um, nutrient. They let off um, phosphate and... Um, Phosphorus and uh, nitrogen and potassium and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. Into the water and it's not good. Don't drink the water. No, that's why I don't keep the fish that I catch there. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're all like deformed and stuff from all the nutrients and fertilizer. They got mutations. So Indian scientist Jagadish Chandra Bose began to conduct experiments on plants in the year 1900. Bose invented various devices and instruments to measure electrical responses in plants. He stated from his experiments that an electrical spasm occurs during the end for a plant life. According to biologist Patrick Jeds, in his investigations on response in general, Bose had found that even ordinary plants and their different organs were sensitive, exhibiting under mechanical or other stimuli an electric response indicative of excitation. So plant getting excited. Much how, like, you get excited for this podcast, you got to think a plant gets that same emotional or stimulant effect that our brains experience, but we just experience it in a way that others can perceive it. Right, exactly, and I'm sure the plant shows it by, you know, turning its color to a more distinct color or growing or facing a certain way or something. You just made me come to the realization that maybe when you talk about winters getting depressing and colors kind of fading, the plants are getting depressed and it's causing us to be depressed. Yeah, there's definitely probably some kind of trend there. Like you got to think orange. People are like, the orange is so beautiful. I'm like, that plant is sad as shit on its way out the door. <laughs> and like when all the leaves are gone, it's just dead. It's just literally, like, we talk, literally talk about plants in life and death form. Uh-huh. And that plant's dead, yeah. you know. So why can't they have thoughts and emotions? So one visitor to his laboratory, the vegetarian playwright George Bernard Shaw, was intensely disturbed upon witnessing a demonstration in which a cabbage had convulsions as it boiled to death. Oh my God! How? Where, I you know see what the con- evidence? Do you want to know? You know what convulsions are, right? No, not really. No. The whole idea of like, like it's like seizuring out before you die. Like I thought those were compulsions, uh, not uh, convulsions. No, compulsions are like stuff that makes you do something. 
That's a compulse. But convulsions are like you do that before. Usually before you die, you're going into shock. You're like your body's like having like a seizure type thing. Or it's very very painful. Okay, that's that's crazy. So your cabbage, I just had. So it's pretty much like um. I just had cabbage like ten minutes ago. I feel really bad because I sliced it with a knife, and I guarantee you, it was probably screaming its ass off. It's pretty much like sausage party. It is like sausage party. The whole idea of plant perception is sausage party. This is what Seth Rogen was reading before he wrote Sausage Party. He was like, "Oh my God, imagine!" So in the 1960s. Cleve Baxter, an interrogation specialist with the CIA, conducted a research that led him to believe that plants can communicate with other life forms. Baxter's interest in the subject began in February 1966 when he tried to measure the rate at which water rises from a philodendron's root into its leaves because of a polygraph or lie detector that can actually measure electrical resistance, which would alter when the plant was watered. He attached a polygraph to one of the plant's leaves. Baxter stated that, to the immense surprise, the tracing began to show a pattern typical of the response you get when a subject, a human, to an emotional stimulation of short duration. So That the, was too much for me. What? This guy hooked a lie detector, polygraph test. To a plant? To a plant's leaves. When he watered it, the same electrical impulse that would show our emotion right. of... Um, same emotional stimulation that we would experience happened with the plant as well. So it was after these, it was watered? Yes. Yeah, so it actually reacted emotionally to the water being poured on it. Okay. So now plants, we, we have noticed that they do have emotions. There is evidence a little bit behind it, but okay. it's not a whole lot. Right. Uh, yeah. Because we have to do it on such a weird frequency by using a lie detector test. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. But, but imagine every time you walk by your plant and it needs to be watered, it's like, hey. Uh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> you thirsty too? Me? Yeah, I'm thirsty too. <laughs> so in 1975, K.A. Horowitz, D.C. Lewis, and E.I. Gastriger published an article in Science giving their results when repeating one of Baxter's effects. Plants' response to the killing of brine shrimp in boiling water. The researchers grounded the plants to reduce electrical interface and rinsed them to remove dust particles. As a control, three of five pipettes contained brine shrimp, while the remaining two only had water. The pipettes were delivered to the boiling water at random. The investigation used a total of 60 brine shrimp deliveries to boiling water. While Baxter had only used 13 positive correlations, did not occur at a rate great enough to be considered statistically significant. So all these three scientists had pipettes. Three of them were filled with brine shrimp. Okay. Two of them were not. They were filled with just water. 60 times they used one of these pipettes and squeezed mm -hmm. a little bit of it and the brine shrimp into the water or brine shrimp or water mm -hmm. into this boiling water while they were testing a plant's emotional response using a lie detector test. So this is the idea that the plant can sense another organism's pain. Oh, so okay. let's get to the res let's okay. get to the results. That sounds like a little far reach thing. Uh, but the investigation used a total of sixty brine shrimp, like we said. To it, this is to bolster more evidence. Other controlled experiments that attempted to replicate Baxter's findings have also been produced negative results. So there was no evidence that the plant reacted to. I think there was no results. Yeah. Well, did did the sh was the shrimp mixed with water? There was shrimp. 
boiling and then there was water in other pipettes. So you got to think, one has organisms in it and they were testing the water. So they would squeeze it, look at the plant, see the lie detector. If it had an emotional reaction, maybe that was water that went in there. So they got nothing from water. There was no change. They were basically watching the change. Is it going to change if we put an alive organism in there? Could the plant sense that plant, that animal was dying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is no objective scientific evidence for the existence of such complex behavior in plants. The recent spate of popular literature on plant consciousness appears to have been triggered by experiments with a lie detector, subsequently reported and embellished in a book called The Secret Life of Plants. Unfortunately, when scientists in the, dis- in the discipline of plant psychology attempted to repeat the experiments using either identical or improved equipment, the results were uniformly negative. Further investigation has shown that the original observations probably arose from defective measuring procedures. So the guy that originally did the test, now they're saying that it was just his faulty equipment. That the lie detector test in the 1900s wasn't as good as what we have now. So, you know. Maybe it was all he, he. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, it should be, you know, reevaluated the test after with new technology and stuff like that. There's a that, lot of stuff yeah. that should be brought back in. Like yeah. the, the DSM criteria for psychology to diagnose a mental disorder is from 2010. So we, yeah. don't, we don't even know. This has almost been 10 years from now. So um, let's just. John M. Kemets noted that Baxter had not used proper controls in his experiments. When controls were used, no plant reactions to thoughts or threats were observed. So the television show Mythbusters performed experiments in Season 4, Episode 18 in 2006 to verify or disapprove the concept. The test involved connecting plants to a polygraph galvanometer and employing an actual and imagined harm upon the plants or upon others in the plant's vicinity. The galvanometer showed a reaction about one-third of the time. The experimenters who were in the room with the plant posted that the vibrations of their actions or the room itself could have affected the polygraph. Yeah, no kidding. After isolating the plant, the polygraph showed a response slightly less than one-third of the time. Later experiments with an EEG failed to detect anything. The show concluded that the results were not repeatable and the theory was not true. Then Daniel Chamlitz of a 2012 book, What a Plant Knows, reevaluates plant senses from a scientific perspective. Other things of this are that lead to our plant rights, the idea that if a plant is a living organism, it should have rights, and just it, it, it's it's a pseudoscience. What what's what's your conclusion on this? What do you think after me just reading all these factual evidence of scientific studies on plant perception? Do you well, believe it's a, it's a, another idea that should be reevaluated, like you were saying? Um. Yeah, I think uh, if it hasn't been already been reevaluated, it definitely should be. But I mean, from the information that you gave me. No, I don't, I don't think that plants do have, you know, emotions, emotions and, and I don't think that that's a, a very big um, issue in today's world, even though, you know, with vegans and stuff well, like that. Well, you might not be popular in the vegan community, yeah, no. but what's the difference? So now I'm just going to yell at vegans saying you don't understand that that tofu you're eating is screaming right now saying right right like i was thinking the other day what if you know what if that um whatever that whatever meat free what if that was made 
from uh, a cycle of a hundred guys from start to finish. What if that was made from that, and all those guys were like a hundred percent meat eaters? And what if you they sweated, and the meat that through their sweat landed on the tofu, and then you ate the tofu? You technically be going against your vegan law, bro. What? <laughs> You gotta think. You gotta think. If the guy who maybe prepped the chicken before he touched your tofu. Yeah. I have been to a restaurant with a vegan. It is the hardest decision for that person to make. They usually just stick with a water and a salad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they gotta ask, was the salad cooked near any meats? Depends on how far you go into veganism. How deep are you into the vegan barrier, yeah. the vegan code? Yeah. It's not like Scott Pilgrim. If you accidentally have soy or some type of milk dairy product yeah. from a cow, you lose all your vegan powers and you can't go and punch <laughs> a hole in the moon. But the whole idea is if you were to go truly vegan, it's almost impossible because so many things. Jello is not vegan. Did you know that? I thought Jello, it was no animals or nothing in that. But you know what's in it? What? Collagen. You know what the collagen's made of? Grounded up animal bones. They oh, literally cool. ground up animal bones and make gelatin out of it. I did not know that. My vegan friend told me, oh, I can't eat gelatin. I'm like, why? There's no meat in it or no, yeah, you know, like, nothing, what, no fish, what? nothing. Yeah. He's like, no, it's grounded up animal bones. Look it up. I'm like, well, I guess I'll never be vegan because I love the shit out of some jello. So, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, there's vegan peanut butter. It's, you know, there's types yeah. of stuff like that. You can't have normal peanut butter. They have to have a powder type peanut butter because it's vegan. Because it's literally straight pressed peanuts. When yeah. you get the peanut butter you have now, it's made with some type of dairy stuff too. Right, and then you got the whole organic deal as well. You know, organic and or... GMO don't even get me started yeah. on that, man. There's apples at Harris Teeter that are three pounds, yeah. dude. So it's yeah. hard to think they're not injecting bull testosterone in those things. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 difficult to think that um, really following a vegan diet, I give those people credit and props to do so, but I don't think they should be as productive as they are in trying to change someone else's way of thinking. And not to get the whole conversation on veganism, even though we just talked about plants yeah. having emotions and feelings. Uh -huh. but it's not out of the realm of possibility, I believe. I believe that all these atoms, like we're discovering new stuff about science all the time, and the fact that plants might be able to sense things, I just don't think it's on the scale that we can correlate to with our way of sensing things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, give me the science behind it. and You show me the proof. Yeah, exactly. Show me the tit on an almond. <laughs> Dude, that's from the ranch. Yes, sorry, yes, yes sorry. Yeah, yes, that was good, got that there. was good. All right, you know, um, my cousin downstairs actually grew up going over Sam Elliott's house. Hmm. Isn't that nuts? Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, you hung out with the guy from the ranch. That's dope. Well, he was a he was a big like country or uh, western movie. That star. man does not eat plants. God no. You know, remember he said about that one guy: the only way that um, John Wayne was eating a salad, if or uh, would have uh, lettuce on his face, is if he was punching a salad. <laughs> so anybody out there that wants to look up plant perception, it's definitely a little bit of a rabbit hole. It'll give you a quick laugh and it might actually change your mind. I definitely think a little bit differently about plants having emotions. Definitely. So thanks for being on, Brooks, and we'll get you on again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you.